0: In the 2nd Chronicles chapter 7. So let me remind you to continue to encourage people who are bereaved and lost loved ones lately, and Brother Stone and others, Norm Biggs, Larry Wilson. Larry came in yesterday and sat and visited for a little while, and he's uh He's thrilled to be back in church, and he's back in the choir already, and, and uh, he's really enjoying that, so. and it's just good for him to fellowship. 2 Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles chapter 7-9, I'm just going to share some powerful praying principles, powerful praying principles. It's prayer meeting, and so every once in a while, I like to just talk about prayer uh, before we go to prayer, and we'll give you a little bit more time tonight, perhaps, than normal to pray. And uh, you can spend as much time as you like anyway. You can stay until the lights go out. And is, the lights don't go out unless we don't pay the power bill. So you go ahead and pray as long as you like. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I'll just use this verse to kind of leap into our lesson tonight. We all know the verse. We could probably quote it. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, as we look to your word. I pray, Lord, that you'd encourage our hearts and strengthen our prayer life by just being reminded of some of these simple principles that we should employ every time we pray or ask God for things. So help us now, Lord, we pray. May the Spirit of God teach us. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I enjoy going to preaching conferences once in a while. Let me rephrase that. I'm, I'm I know because I'm up in front of people and speaking or whatever all the time, um, you wouldn't think this, but I'm, I'm a bit of an introvert. If I go to a preacher's meeting or something, I'm the guy I'll just sit in the corner and listen. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not Al Stone. Brother Stone, he's the one that's boisterous and, and having a good time and walking around talking to everybody. I'm not. I'll sit in the corner with Brother Roberts and we'll just have a chat together. I, that's the way I am. And, uh, but uh, so sometimes I, I don't like going, I, I, you got to kind of push me out the door to go, but when I want to get there. I enjoy the preaching and that's why I go. I want to hear the preaching and, and a lot of times you go to those things and it's some eloquent, slick preacher that, uh, you know, they've brought in, paid a lot of money to fly him in or whatever. And, uh, it just, just kind of one of the premier type speakers, but you know, sometimes I've learned over the years that the ones that really help me are the ones that are just practical. Just kind of down to earth and just do something simple. I remember years ago, we had a police officer's appreciation day. And we brought a preacher in that had been a police officer. His name was Matthew Ewing. And he was from Columbus, Ohio. And he had been a police officer there. Now he was a pastor. And, and uh, Pastor Stone actually told us about him. He knew him. And, and so we brought him up. And Pastor Masker, of course, had been a police officer we had them in, and I remember thinking, what a powerful message, and it just was the simple gospel. Just write down something that I probably would repeat almost every message, giving you the Romans wrote at the end or something, and, but it was just powerful, and we need to be reminded of those things, and prayer is one of those things I think we need to be reminded of often, and so let's look at some of these principles tonight, what we should do when we pray, and so I wanna give you five Principles. We'll just give you five principles tonight. And I want to give you the first one, Psalm chapter 81, verse 10. Turn to Psalm chapter 81. We'll flip around our Bibles a little bit. Psalm chapter 81, the first principle is this, the principle of expectancy. The principle of expectancy. You know, when we ask for things, we expect to receive. A kid, A kid will ask. Sometimes I think kids ask, even if they don't think they'll ever get it, but they're just... I'm going to take my shot, you know. I remember when I was a kid, if I was going to do something dangerous, I'd ask my dad, not my mom, and hope mom never found out. Uh, I remember one time, that there was something my brother and I wanted to do. We, we had built this raft, and we wanted to take it down to the corner, and it was the winter thaw, and we wanted to take that river for a ride. And uh, it was a Sunday afternoon, and dad was asleep on the couch, so we asked him while he was sleeping. And to hope mom never found out. And we went down there and and it wasn't good. But anyway, uh, the raft never came home with us. But when we ask, sometimes we ask knowing there's a very slim chance. But hey, when we ask the Lord, he is almighty. And we ought to have some expectancy in our hearts. Look what it says in Psalm 81, verse 10. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. He's saying I can do anything. He's talking, he's talking to Israel in particular as the psalmist writes. He says, I if I could bring you out of Egypt, and think about what it means when God says, I brought you out of Egypt. It wasn't just, it wasn't just marching them out the door. There was the 10 plagues of Egypt that we know of. It was the, the turning of Pharaoh's heart. It was destroying the, the, the armies of Egypt in the Red Sea. It was the parting of the Red Sea. It was feeding them with manna for all those 40 years. It was making sure, the Bible says, even the, the, the treads of the soles of their feet did not wear out. Their clothes did not uh, dis- disintegrate in any way. They had quail, they had water, they had all these things. And so when God says, I'm the one that brought you out, he's saying, I can do anything. I can provide for your needs, so just open your mouth. We see the picture of a little bird being fed there don't We open your mouth, and I will fill it. So we ought to expect things. You know, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. I remember one time I was uh, out on a visit with somebody, and when we got back, my wife had gone home, and, uh, it was, it was a, um, Wednesday and it was a summertime. So we didn't have master clubs. And so at uh, about four o'clock, my wife had been here doing something, getting ready for school. I think it was August and she was just getting ready for school. And so I said, listen, I said, I'm going out on a visit. I can't remember if it was Calvin or who it was. I said, you just go home. And I said, I'll just have them drop me at the church. And I said, we have, uh, we have prayer meeting tonight, and so we'll probably get back around 6 o'clock. I'll just meet you at the church uh, tonight for prayer meeting. So she went home. They dropped me off. I think it was about 5 o'clock. We got back a little bit earlier, and we got back about 5 o'clock. We'd gone to the Hamilton Hospital and back. And uh, they dropped me off, waved, said goodbye. And then I realized I didn't have any keys. And I began to call around. And I, I, I said I called Rob. I said Rob, what time are you come to church? And he said, Oh, he says I'm out. Uh, he says I'm out at the uh, barn out in wherever that is out uh, where the Slats live. I can't remember. I never remember the name of the town over there, the little village. And uh, he said we got the chicken barn over there. He said I'm over there. And I said okay. And I'm calling Cody, and Cody wasn't home. And I'm calling other people, and I couldn't get a hold of anybody. I had a key, and and uh, so anyway, I. I went down to the bus barn. Don't tell anybody I did this. I went down to the bus barn because it has a code. And I opened the bus barn and I found a coat hanger that they use for roasting wieners and marshmallows. And I slid it between the doors and grabbed the panic bar and opened the door and got in. And so it's it's an easy building to break into. And then two minutes later, Rob pulled in and he said, Why didn't you just go through the door? It was unlocked. I never expected I could get in because I never actually tried the door. I never just, you know, and somebody, I, I didn't realize that uh, when, when I got here, somebody was still in the building. And they had saw that we pulled in so they didn't bother locking the door. They left and went out the back way and I'm looking around over here and I didn't see them leave. And so I was, I was concerned somebody left the door unlocked but they hadn't, they saw us there. But the whole, the whole point is, is if I just tried it, You know, sometimes the Bible says we have not because we ask not. We never try. Just ask the Lord and see what he'll do. Maybe he'll open that door for you and give you what you need. And so we need to have a, a bit of expectancy in our hearts. Do we expect God to answer? But it's predicated on another answer, isn't it? Does God hear us? If we're going to expect God to answer, we must make sure that God hears us. Now, the Bible is very plain. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither is his ear heavy that he cannot hear. And so if God does not hear our prayers, it's not his fault. Perhaps there's something that's hindering our prayers. Maybe it's sin. Maybe there's a problem with another brother that would hinder our prayer life. The Bible says if we come to the altar and we have aught with a brother, we're to leave our gift and we're to go make it right with our brother before we come to him. I think that, that implies that if we're going to come to the Lord, not just in worship, but in prayer, maybe it's the sin of unforgiveness. We haven't forgiven somebody, or we're not in a place of forgiveness. And so there's a lot of things that can hinder our prayers, but if our are, hearts are right and we're coming with a humble spirit, we ought to expect that God's going to hear us and give us an answer. Doesn't mean it's always going to be the answer we want, but He will answer according to His will. Here's the second principle. Turn to Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9. The principle of unwavering faith. The principle of unwavering faith. Now this kind of piggybacks on expectancy. We, we ask because we have an expectation, but is our faith wavering? Matthew chapter 9, look what it says in verse 28. And when he was come into the home, the blind man came to him, and Jesus saith unto them, Believe ye that I am able to do this? They they said unto him, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus straightly charged them, saying, See that no man know it. But they, when they were departed, spread abroad his name in all that country. Now notice some principles here about this blind man that came to see him. Jesus said unto him, Believe ye, do you believe it? And he said unto him, Yes, Lord. Very definite and to the point. His faith was unwavering. And he said this in verse 29, according to your faith. Can you imagine if he only had a little bit of faith? Maybe you only get 20% of his eyesight. I don't know how that was going to work. But the Lord said, according to your faith. I believe the man wanted to be whole. I believe you wanted to see. I think that would be wonderful to be able to wake up tomorrow and not need my glasses anymore. I think that would be a wonderful thing. I, I've had these since I think I was about 12 years old. And you just get tired of of the maintenance of them, and the, the problems seeing, and the glare, and the, I hate driving at night now, you know. And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be healed? Many of us have eye problems. But this man, he didn't want to be partially healed. And so he says, according to your faith, so we're not to allow anything to be wavering. In Matthew chapter 21, the Bible says, Jesus answers unto them, Verily I say unto you, if ye have faith and doubt not... Ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto the mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. James chapter 1 says, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so we see both sides of it. We're supposed to have a steadfast faith. where to ask in a faith, He says he'll answer according to the blind man's faith. Uh, He says, but also nothing should be wavering. If we're wavering in our faith, then, then God's not going to help. He's not going to answer. He wants us to believe that he can, that he's able. And so the term unwavering faith is almost a bit redundant, I think. For if it's wavering, it's really not faith at all. If we're not really believing in the Lord. Unwavering faith goes hand in hand with expectancy. The only difference is timing. When we go to the Lord, we're expecting to receive from him. But we continue when we rise from our knees with unwavering faith, believing that he is able and that he will eventually answer according to his timing. We have to remember this when we pray, who it is we are talking to, right? I I, I remember times as a kid, you you ask things and you weren't sure if you'd get that or not. You know, you're just kind of hoping, you know, And uh, there was times I remember going home from church when we were on Maple Street and we'd be in the car and we'd say, let's go to Tasty Treat. Was it Tasty Treat or the optometrist over there? Let's go to the Tasty Freeze or the Tasty, whatever it was. And sometimes we would and sometimes we wouldn't. We'd ask every time, hoping you know that we could go there. But uh, I I remember one time, this is is an absolute true story and I'm not preaching now, this is true. I, I remember in church one time, I was a little kid. I, I, I must have been seven or eight years old. And we were having the Lord's table. And Jean Broughton was playing the organ. And she was playing the old rugged cross. And I, I bowed my head and I said, I, I don't know what it was. I, I was questioning things or what it was. I said, Lord, God, if you're real, have Pastor Strachan say, let's sing a verse of the old rugged cross. And I mean, I said, amen. And he said, let's all sing together a verse of the old rugged cross. And I went, and I literally bowed my head and said, Lord, let's go to Tasty Freeze after church. <laughs> I did. I mean, I honestly did. That, that's abusing prayer, right? James chapter 3 says, don't consume it on your own lusts. And that's what I was doing. But the Lord showed me something that night, and I think he was just proving to a little kid that he was real. And so I, and then I abused it immediately. So let's have the principle of unwavering faith. And remember who it is that we're talking to when we pray. And then we need to have the principle of the right attitude. Look at Psalm chapter 37. Turn back there, back into the Psalms again. The Psalms say a lot about prayer. Psalm chapter 37. The Bible says in the Psalms, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Psalm chapter 37, verse 4. The Bible says, delight thyself in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Delight means to ever be dwelling in his joy and in his presence. And so the principle of having the right attitude, the text we read at the beginning in Second Chronicles chapter 7 says, we're to humble ourselves, have humility. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. And so the attitude is very important. We learned very early from our parents that we wouldn't get things if we just demanded them. And so that's a principle that our parents are supposed to be a picture of the Father in our lives. And so it's a principle that we must learn that we must have the right attitude. Turn to James chapter 4. Notice what it says there. James chapter 4 in the New Testament. From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that you war in your members? You lust and have not, you kill and desire to have and you cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your lusts. So when we pray, what is our attitude? Is it about us and fulfilling the lusts of our flesh? Or is it something that we're gonna use for God's glory and give him praise for? So we need to be careful to be able to accept the will of God in our lives. So see, the principle of having the right attitude. Here's the fourth one. The principle of importunity. Importunity, that's a, that's a Bible word in Matthew chapter uh, 15. Turn there, there's a story told in Matthew chapter 15 about a man's importunity. Matthew 15. Notice with me, if you will, verse 22. Matthew 15, verse 22. Behold, a woman that came and came out of the coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil, but he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she saith, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Now, understand, I I don't believe for a moment the Lord was calling her a dog. I I don't think that's what's going on here. I believe it's an illustration. He's saying that when there's bread for the children of your home, you don't don't give it to the dogs. In other words, my purpose right now is, is not the Gentiles, it's the Jews. I don't think he was being derogatory. He wasn't trying to hurt the lady. He was just simply saying, I'm trying to feed my children. That's that's why I was sent, to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And so he used this illustration. When we feed our children, we don't throw that food to the dogs. And, And so she says, but that's true. But even the dogs get to eat of the crumbs of the table. Verse 27, and she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. And so the, the Bible talks about another story where it talks about a uh, one who wanted bread, and somebody knocked on the door and they said over and over again, Give it. And said, I've already gone to bed. No, no, we need bread, and because of their importunity. Because they kept asking and repeating. And that's what this woman's doing. She's just pressing the Lord, pressing the Lord. And even though the Lord's time had not yet come to reveal himself to the Gentiles, he decided to work in her life because of her importunity. She kept asking. And so there's the principle that is there that we must continue to ask the Lord. Sometimes we give up so often. We we just pray once and say, okay, I'll leave it. But the Lord wants us to press, and he wants us to, be, to act with importunity. Second, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says this, pray without ceasing. The truth is, God may very well want to give us that answer, it's just not the right time. And so we keep asking, we keep seeking the Lord uh, for his answer. Never give up on God. The Bible says in Luke 18, men ought always to pray and not to faint. I'm reminded often my wife prayed for 25 years for her father to be saved before he accepted Christ. And so we are to pray with importunity. Then there's one more, the principle of obedience. The principle of obedience, John chapter 15. John chapter 15, you know the story of the vine and the branches? The Bible says in verse seven of that parable or that story, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. So there's a relationship there of obedience, isn't there? Abiding in Christ and Him abiding in us. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments, obey me. And so when we live a life of obedience, the Lord says, Ask what you will, and it shall be given unto you. First John, the same author, writes this: and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments. And do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And so it's a a matter of obedience. The Lord rewards obedience. Sometimes he answers prayer despite us, despite our behavior, just simply because it's his will. And he desires to do a work, perhaps for somebody else that we're praying for. But we're better off to see our prayers answered when we walk in obedience. And so five principles The principle of expectancy, do we believe God is able? The principle of unwavering faith, do we believe that God will eventually answer our prayer if we're faithful and keep asking? The principle of the right attitude, humility, coming to the Lord, hat in hand. The principle of importunity, just keep praying, don't give up, and pray without ceasing. The principle of obedience, are we walking with God and are we pleasing in his sight? I'm sure there was others tonight that we could look at. But I think that's enough for us to kind of digest and swallow a little bit. How do we get from God? And here's the thing. We don't pray just to get. But when when Jesus, by the way, the disciples never were taught how to preach. They were taught how to pray. The Lord teach us to pray. And Jesus taught them how to pray. And part of that prayer is Jesus said, go ahead and say, give me this day my daily bread. So we are to ask for things. Uh, we're not to ask to consume it on our own less. I, I think when you ask for your daily bread, that's not a less, that's a need. You have to. You have to have food, you have to have water, you have to have shelter. And so as long as we're not, Lord, give me the new Lamborghini or the Corvette or whatever, and you know, Lord, I need a vehicle to get back and forth to work, provide for my family, and just trust the Lord, He'll give you the right thing. Sometimes we ask to consume on our less. But let's just ask the Lord and trust that He'll take care of all of our daily bread, all of our daily needs. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, just to apply these principles as we go to prayer tonight. And Lord, I pray we'd pray with expectation. It'd be wonderful to see this prayer list get smaller simply because you're working and answering the prayers of your people. So hear us tonight as we pray. We'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.